What Works. You're listening to the What Works Podcast, brought to you by State Alumni, sponsored by More Investment Management and TD Milosh Monarchs Insurance. You work for this company. This is your role now. You're in the right place. You do belong. You are the candidate for this job. So own it. Congratulations on accepting the offer. Take a moment to celebrate, pat yourself on the back, do a happy dance. This is an exciting time, and it can also be a mixed bag of emotions. There can be a lot to take in once you get going, but they've hired you for a reason, and you've got this. From the alumni team here at SAIT, I'm your host and fellow SAIT grad, Alyssa Athanasopoulos. Welcome to the What Works podcast. On this episode, we're talking about how to combat imposter syndrome, ideas on how to connect with your teammates, whether in person or virtually, and tips for showing initiative. Joining us are Autumn Hines and Joey Post. Both are work integrated learning coordinators at SAIT and are responsible for connecting students with employers. And throughout their experience, they've helped match hundreds of state students with opportunities and have seen firsthand what separates a good hire from an outstanding one. Okay, so my first question is, you're approaching your first day in your new role. How can you prepare to calm any first day jitters and make a great impression on that first day? Wow, great question. (laughs) You know, to be honest, you know, first day jitters are so normal and normal at any level, any level in your career. That first day can be a little bit unnerving for you. Totally normal. Just remember that you're not alone. I guess I like to think, too, in terms of your skill set. Remember, they hired you because they think you can do the job, right? You're going to be excellent at it. You're going to rock it. So be confident. And I think if you really have a lot of first day jitters as well, positive self-talk always helps. And I always tell my kids, four deep breaths, right? Calm yourself down. It's going to work out. You're going to be awesome. You can do it. Absolutely. I'd, I'd echo what Autumn said. If you're more of an anxious person or maybe a planner, like I am, I'd say give yourself a lot of time on that first day. You might even want to practice your commute. I know that was something I did before my first real job, so to speak. I actually drove the commute the day before. I tried to go and find the parking. Where am I going to park? I even looked like where there are going to be food options and things like that. I didn't want to have to think about those things during the day. I wanted to focus on what am I going to have to do in that first day? What are the the tasks that will be assigned to me? I knew I was going to be meeting lots of people. I didn't want to be overwhelmed with these little kind of logistic pieces that are completely up to me. It's my job to get myself to my job. So planning that out ahead of time and making sure my alarm was set, uh, that's a big one. (laughs) So, So triple check that alarm before you go to bed. You're right, Joey. Everybody the night before their first job gets no sleep because you're worried your alarm is not set, right? We've all been there. Yes. That's a really good point, Joey, too. When you're talking about all those logistical things, I think immediately about when you're starting post-secondary, you get orientation. I know you get orientation at work, but that's usually your first day of work or first week. So yeah, yeah, that's something you can... Yeah, it's a bit different. It's not not quite as involved as your post-secondary orientation. There's a little more uh, reliance on on yourself at work. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And depending on the company, they may have that really robust orientation or you may show up and they'll be like, oh, you're here to see who? And you're starting today, (laughs) right? So having some of these tools in your toolkit for your first opportunity or any job opportunity can set you up for success. What are some questions you might want to ask your boss during the first few one-on-ones? I would probably ask them about their career path. It's good context for a new employee to understand Where does my manager or just people in management in general, the company I'm working for, where do they come from? 
are they all from the city? Are they all from this country? Do we have lots of international colleagues? And it really gives you an understanding of who these people are, not just at the current moment in time, but where did they come from? What skill sets might they have? And you'll start to realize that in most places, there's a huge, huge variety in people's backgrounds, the type of education that they have, and the type of different skill sets, the various types of personalities that people have at work. And asking those types of questions, I think, is a nice, it's almost like a, a formal way of starting to get to know someone, because it can be a bit awkward at first. If you don't know that person, trying to ask them personal questions is really tough in a work setting. So ask them about themselves from that career lens or that education lens. What does your career development journey look like? And I think there's a lot of uh, value to, to be found there. And, you know, some other things in terms of the job you can even think to ask is, you know, what are going to be my um, current priorities in this job? So if you're trying to figure out where to start, how much time to spend on things, getting that feedback from your supervisor is always a win. Some other things, too, I think, like, you know, let them know or ask them, how do you want to be kept up to date on what I'm working on? Like, how often do you want to be looped in? What's the best way for me to communicate with you? And, you know, will we be meeting one-on-one frequently? Should I hold my questions for um, our meetings? Do you want me to email them? So just kind of getting to understand their work preferences um, and setting yourself up for success there. And at this point, would you recommend setting some goals like this early on? I think like in terms of setting goals, maybe like some foundation building goals for the organization, like maybe um, think about or find out who you should meet, like people you might be interacting with, getting to know them, um, maybe finding a little bit more about the industry, if it's a new industry for you, if there's a new tool or something that the company uses that you don't have any experience with, maybe like setting a goal to learn that or more about it, research it. Try to seek some guidance on it as well, especially starting out. This might seem counterintuitive, but setting your own goals can be not necessarily a daunting experience. Go, I'm going to learn this. And that might become not relevant to what you're doing at work anyways. And then that can become very demotivating. Oh, I spent a lot of time to sort of learn this new skill that I thought was going to be useful, but I don't use it at all in my work. And then you sort of lose that skill because you never practice it. So maybe sitting down with your manager or a coworker and saying, what might be some things I can work towards in this year? Maybe you just have a goal of like, I want to be really, really good at this job. I want to improve. So how could I benchmark that? How will I know if I'm successful in that goal? What are some things I can benchmark against? And your coworkers are going to have answers to that because they've been through that before. Your manager might even have, well, here's some performance targets we want you to meet anyways. So These are some tangible, measurable things that you can work towards. And I think that measurable piece can really help someone starting out to give you some very firm context as to what is it I'm working towards and how I know if I am successful. What does success mean? I remember when I started my first job, I thought, well, it'd be a great idea for any person in the world to learn how to code. So I took LinkedIn learning courses on uh, how to code in Python. And I just thought this will just be a useful skill never used it a day in my job, never came up. It was a complete waste of time. And I never told anyone about it either. So I was just doing it on the side of my desk when I had time. And to this day, I do not know how to code in Python. It was a complete waste of time. It is not related to my job. But if I had worked with someone and had that discussion of, hey, maybe I want to learn a a specific skill. Maybe it's tied to my career development goals. 
Well, they might say, actually, maybe if you just look a little bit over here, it's related to that, but this is much more in line with your actual work and you'll actually practice those skills. You know, they vary greatly from company to company. So if you have some free time during those first few days or weeks, how would you suggest filling in those gaps if you find like there isn't much to really do? Great question, because, you know, that absolutely can happen in a new job where, you know, you're not the only one that that's happened to if you're in that situation. So, you know, in situations like that, you know, ask your supervisor, maybe your coworkers, you know, is there anything I can read or any people I can meet? Is there something I can do to help? Right. I've kind of gone through the stuff I, you've given me so far. Is there more that I can have? Anything else? Any other way I can assist? Just even things like, you know, set up your inbox or organize your desk or your office, like set up those foundational tools again for success in your job. So you know where things are and how to access them and how to find them, right? As your inbox will grow, there will be no doubt about it. And occasionally even maybe read up on your competitors, get familiar with the, you know, what are they doing? What's their, how's their business succeeding? Just again, industry knowledge is always helpful. It never hurts. I think Autumn's on the right track, especially as you start out. That's where I would focus as well. But sometimes, especially in that orientation experience, I would imagine most companies actually really don't focus on things like extracurriculars and social activities. And I know that's that's a big challenge for especially a lot of young people just graduating and starting their work. You might be working in a full-time remote job, and it's really, really hard to sort of create that sense of community or feel connected to your company. So if you find yourself, and you likely will in those first weeks, with some downtime and you're going, all right, I'm just sitting in my own apartment, kind of not feeling connected to this company, go on your company website, you know, your local internet, whatever it is, and see if there are any like social committees you can join. Uh, maybe your company does a lot of volunteer work in the city that you're located in. Maybe you can do just something as simple as maybe you're working for like a big international corporation trying to figure out, okay, who's actually based in my city? And maybe I can reach out to those people and we can have like a nice little informal group. And maybe we want to meet up once a week for a beer after work, something like that, to have those good social ties at work as well, because this is going to be your life for likely a long time. Hopefully you're, you're staying around at this position for a while. So there's that side of, of work too, that you're a person, you work with people and you want it to be something that you're excited about showing up to, whether that's in person or virtually each day. Uh, and making those connections can be the complete difference maker. Being new in a role, there may be times when you feel like you're in over your head and feel that imposter syndrome creeping in. Are there any tips that you have to quiet that inner critic? I think this one for me falls back to the same answer as first aid jitters, right? It's normal. It's normal to feel like an, an imposter. Um, but remember, like you are capable of learning things. And if you knew everything about that job, why would you want to do that job? So if you're feeling like a bit of an imposter, if you don't know things, um, remember, people don't expect you to know everything, but let them know you don't know and let them know that you'll find out, right? That's a part of the work world is learning and growing and finding new skills. Autumn, you mentioned this, I think, right at the beginning. You're not here just out of random chance, right? So recruitment is something Autumn and I are familiar with, and it's not a random process. It's very intentional and it's very precise. So you have this job because you were the best candidate for the job. So remind yourself of that. And it might just be something little that you have to do, like go look at your email signature. That's your name next to the company name. Look at your ID badge if they gave you one, right? 
you work for this company. This is your role now. You're in the right place. You do belong. You are the candidate for this job. So own it. For those listening who are about to start a new role or maybe just did, what's one last piece of advice you really want to hit home? Personal passion about this one. We do work in a culture, so North American culture in particular, where we have this perspective on work. We really give the impression that upward mobility, so like think about getting promotions and things like that, that's the signal of success in our society. And that is not at all how career advancement works. That's not the only way to advance in your career. You can absolutely learn new skills, expand your network, take on projects that are interesting and engaging to you by having the exact same job title you do right now. All it takes is you have to take that initiative in yourself, right? You have to believe in yourself, put yourself out there for maybe it's that new project you might be hearing or an idea that you had, put that forward to maybe your leaders, your coworkers, whoever you're comfortable talking to about those pieces, stand out. Don't be afraid to stand out, get noticed for all this wonderful work. You don't have to sit there and be stagnant in maybe that entry-level position and say, oh man, this is just a dead-end road. That's No, those entry-level roles are actually roads to somewhere phenomenal in your career. And, and you might be in that role for the next five, 10 years. A lot of people assume that entry-level role, that's ah, just for the next 12 months, 24 months tops. Don't worry, I'm going to go on to something else bigger and better. Well, you can still be bigger and better in the same role. For me, you know, the advice that I have for students, graduates, be open to learning. Every job has something to learn. I sometimes say I know more about what I want to do now because of the different jobs I've had. I know what I do like to do. and I know what I don't like to do. And each of those learnings are equally as important and have helped me have a variety of different jobs and created different chapters in the book of my career. So um, I think those are some things for people to think about, even if it's not your dream job at the beginning. It won't necessarily be your only job, but it's a valuable experience and great learning. Richard Huang graduated from the Civil Engineering Technology Diploma in 2020 and is currently a field coordinator with Ellis Dawn. When he first started with the company, it was during the thick of the pandemic, and a project he was working on was met with resource challenges. Richard saw this as an opportunity to show his value as a team player and receive something unexpected once the project was complete. When I started out with Alice Don as a field coordinator, and after a few months working with my team in downtown Toronto, we experienced a new COVID wave, I guess. We experienced a tremendous hardship which caused uh, like the lack of manpower in the project. And all of a sudden, my three out of uh, five um, co-workers in our team like left the company. I became one of the uh, key field members along with my boss. During that time, I had to work overtime, work really hard. I came first in the morning and left last in the day. Every day I did like um, QAQC because we had to turn over a lot of units, uh, the, the houses to uh, the clients uh, within a period of like uh, four months. It was very stressful. I had an opportunity to lead a crew of handymen and other trades to uh, get the uh, job done. Within like four months, with the help of office staff, we were able to turn over all the units and amenities to the clients 
and we did not, you know, felt any milestone date, which was a huge success. And to me, it means a lot because uh, it was like my first gig in the industry. I had an opportunity and I grabbed it and I developed my skills and, and to deliver the, the outcomes, which made every member in my team like happy. And you know what? After six months of working for Alice Dawn, on a nice day, I went out for lunch with my uh, co-workers. My senior um, manager called me and he said, hey, Richard, you have been joining us for six months. And I know you are a hard worker and you have been doing a fantastic job. I want to give you a raise. It surprised me because uh, I didn't expect that. I didn't ask for a raise uh, because I, I know that I just started out and I was new. And um, as long as you give me an opportunity, as long as you keep me here, I'll do my best. I'll be the best uh, person in your team. That's all I asked for. I didn't uh, expect uh, too much. But, you know, it turned out pretty well. We love hearing stories like Richard's. If you have an update or success you would like to share with the SAIT community, you can do so in a few different ways. Join the SAIT alumni LinkedIn group and share it in there. Submit a class note or host an industry mentorship circle where you can impart your experience and wisdom with current and future SAIT alumni. I'll leave links for all of these in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alyssa Thanisopoulos, and this is the What Works podcast brought to you by SAIT alumni. We look forward to connecting with you soon. Connect with the SAIT alumni family. Visit SAIT.ca slash alumni for information on exclusive perks, events, contests, and volunteer opportunities.